This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Divisional round playoff football. It was supposed to be a little bit better than that, wasn't it? Did you find the games to be really compelling? I didn't either. Thanks for giving me some time. I'm Dan McNeil, and this is my divisional round recap here on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network, there were some tremendous performances, not only by individuals, but by different sides of the football. And which one most deserves a game ball as a group? Is it the Cincinnati defense? Is it the Philadelphia offense? I I I, I don't know. It was while there was there was only one game decided by one possession and that was the last one that's 49ers over the Cowboys Sunday night 19 to 12 is the final in that one none of these games really seemed very competitive did they and uh, i forgot the chiefs and jaguars also finished as a one possession game 27-20 the first game that got us started saturday afternoon but i didn't find there to be Amazing drama in these games. I wanted more than I got. I expected more fight from from some teams, Buffalo, than I got. But uh, nonetheless, outcomes very, very good for me. I, I'm not so sure how you did over the weekend. I was 0 for 2 on Saturday and came back and got them both yesterday and did the parlay with the two winning sides. So wind up making a little bit of scratch over the weekend. Maybe I'll come back on Championship Sunday and just knock it out of the park. And I've got so many buddies who are asking me, what are your props today? I don't like to do the props until Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm glad so many dudes have discovered how much fun props are. And Bet Rivers has tons of them out there for you. I save that until the big game. I save that for Roman uh, Roman numerals, Roman numerals, Roman numerals, and that's happening on Sunday, Feb twelve, in less than three weeks. Now, let me start with the game of the day. You know, when they bring out Jim Nance and Tony Romo, you know it's important. The Bengals all over the Bills yesterday, twenty-seven to ten, is the final. I backed off just a little bit. On Cincinnati, I, too, was worried about the three brand-new offensive linemen starting in place of regulars, and the Bengals had protected Burrow really well all season until uh, after the second week of the season. They had a really rough start, gave up 13 sacks in games one and two. 
But the new guys, Jackson Carmen, the left tackle, Max Sharping, who played right guard yesterday, and Hakeem Adeniji, those guys all were terrific. And one of the regulars, one of just two regulars, the center, Ted Karras, was hurt pretty bad yesterday, but that didn't stop the Bengals from just mauling Buffalo at the point of attack. First two series of the game, Cincinnati goes right down the field and scores on both of them. On the day, the Bengals' offense rushed for 172 yards. Joe Mixon had 105 yards, and half of that was was after contact. He was very determined yesterday. He ran very fresh. I actually thought P. Ryan, the Samaje P. Ryan, had earned more of an opportunity based on the way he performed during Mixon's periods of unavailability this year. But yesterday, it was Mixon who got the job done. He was terrific, both backs terrific, and the offensive line protected Burrow. He only was sacked once. The Bengals only punted twice yesterday. They had 30 first downs. So an outstanding effort by Cincinnati offensively. But more than that, because that's something I expected. I expected the Bengals. Didn't think they'd dominate the line of scrimmage like that. But you tell me 27 points before the game and say, yeah, even in the snow. Cincinnati's going to do that. This is Joe Burrow. I, I didn't need yesterday to realize how freaking good Burrow is. As I've heard a lot of discussion today, Peter Schrager has discovered Joe Burrow. Congratulations. Welcome to last season. I didn't know they would be this amazing defensively. Those Cincinnati defenders yesterday, Cam Taylor Britt with the interception, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, Jesse Bates, Vaughn Bell, they made life miserable for Josh Allen Sunday. The Bills didn't manage a first down in the first quarter of the game. They were three and out and three and out. Only 63 rushing yards on the day. And there it is. There it is, finally, on the 22nd of January, something I've been talking about for two years. Comes to the fore. It's a team not having that pounder when you need to to catch your breath and you need to punch somebody in the face and establish some form of of manhood out there because it's slipping away from you the bills didn't have a guy to stand up and do that they only ran for 63 yards buffalo was 4 out of 12 on third down attempts yesterday josh allen one interception he wasn't real sharp But uh, I I give enormous credit to Cincinnati for the way it defended yesterday. It was absolutely spectacular on that side of the ball. And with Patrick Mahomes, gimpy right now with that bad ankle, I think the Bengals got a real good shot at going back to a Super Bowl. And that was something not many people thought they had a very good chance to do. They were a long, not a long, long shot, but they were not among the favorites in the AFC at the beginning of the year, something like 22 to one to win the AFC and they haven't won it yet. And kudos to the chiefs for muscling out that win 
to get it all started on Saturday afternoon. But uh, God, this was uh, this was just an amazing performance by the Cincinnati defense. And uh, hats off to the Bengals and uh, Zach Taylor, their coach, possibly going back to a second straight Super Bowl while the Dallas Cowboys continue to run that string up to 28 seasons without a trip to an NFC championship game because the Cowboys offense was just dreadful against the 49ers. I, you know, I'll, I'll do respect to the 49ers defense. I've been, I've been high on this squad all year, but when Tony Pollard got hurt for the Cowboys, it seemed like Dallas was out of ideas. They didn't have any answers. They didn't have any semblance of a running game. I don't know where Ezekiel Elliott has gone. As much earnings as this guy has banked in the last couple of years to be reduced to a short yardage back, are you kidding? Really? They didn't protect Prescott very well. Uh, The 49ers offensively were not outstanding. But they didn't have to be as bad as Dallas was. And I was expecting an uptick from the Dallas offense as crisp as they were against the Buccaneers in their wild card, their super wild card round win. They were that bad yesterday. Dalton Schultz not knowing he has to drag the right toes down to make a catch near the boundary. 33% only on third down. For the Dallas offense, bad caddying for Mike McCarthy. And they're pounding him in Dallas today for the silly last play of the game when they had to go 75 or 76 yards on the last snap. Ezekiel Elliott snapping the ball. It looks like something you draw up playing in the in the backyard when you're 15. Actually, probably younger than that. You're on. You've known. You know the difference between the boys and the girls when you're 15. So when you're playing football, it's at school. After school is is meant for trying to figure out a way to get rid of your acne so you can chase the girls. Um, San Francisco not spectacular themselves when it came to common sense. Elijah Mitchell not giving himself up and falling down inbounds. After gaining a first down, getting past the sticks, final three minutes of the game, you clear the marker, man. Go down. And there were players who had a really good angle on him, and they were going to make it. Just fall. Just fall, Elijah Mitchell. And he, he got an earful from a bunch of teammates and the coaches afterward, too. And that's something at that level. You got to know that, Marion Barber. But um, Prescott, who was intercepted more than any quarterback in the league this year, picked off twice yesterday. He was only sacked once, but uh, not an outstanding day by any stretch for Dallas. And I can't, I can't lay it on McCarthy for that last play or Kellen Moore, the OC. People in Dallas want Prescott traded. Now that's a different topic. You know, after after yesterday. I understand why you're upset, but geez, you're you're one week removed from the best performance of his career, and uh, fair weather that you are front runners if you're asking for this guy's head on a platter right now. And the same thing with McCarthy; he's not been in trouble since he arrived in Dallas. Yet there's continuing to be discussion all the time 
of whether Mike McCarthy is going to survive. Maybe that's because Jerry Jones, the owner, is 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 so demanding of his employees. Yet he has been loyal to a fault with many of them for a long, long time. I'll say this about the 49ers defense. If they're going to survive against the Philly uh, Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC title game Sunday night, they have to catch the football when they have a chance to make an interception. They had two yesterday. They easily could have had had three, maybe four interceptions. Fred Warner had one on a deflection. He should have had another. Dre Greenlaw had a shot at a pick. He didn't hang on to it. In the case of Warner, he got all excited uh, after defending a pass when he, he ran well in coverage with a guy, you know, playing deep middle. He's a good athlete, not Brian Urlacher with ball skills, or he'd have caught it. Don't just celebrate that you got your hands on the ball. Catch the damn thing. Catch the football. Make something happen. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. If they give those opportunities away against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, forget about my 49ers going to uh, Arizona for the game with Roman numerals on it. It's just not going to happen if they continue to, to squander easy opportunities. The Chiefs and the Jaguars, man, I think most of us, whether you're whether you're a Chiefs fan, whether you bet on the Chiefs, just casual, the last thing you want to see is the best player in football or the best player on any team get hurt early in a game and miss. And it looked early like Patrick Mahomes was not going to be able to finish, even though he was yelling at Andy Reid, put me in, Chad Henney handled the helmsmanship just fine in in the short term, but Mahomes is the Chiefs, and he was able to muscle out a decent performance, 22 out of 30 for 195 yards, two touchdowns, wasn't picked, wasn't sacked. Henny wasn't sacked. Thumbs up to the Chiefs' offensive line. Big pat on the back for protecting him. And the Chiefs got off the ball when they wanted to run it, too. And I said this was going to be the case. If you pay attention to Andy Reid, these last few years especially, in the playoffs, he is very willing to abandon all of the pretty things that you see during the regular season and just grind it out and use his backs in the short passing game The Chiefs ran the ball for 144 yards on 30 carries yesterday or Saturday. Isaiah Pacheco, with a long of 39, had 95 rushing yards on 12 attempts. Jarek McKinnon, the offensive player of the month, the last month of the regular season, also had 11 carries. And Travis Kelsey was a stud. What a great player. Is he the best tight end in the game's history? I know it sounds like flavor of the day, but I can't think of a guy who at the peak of his abilities, I'd rather have more. You can argue Gronkowski hasn't been all that long. There have been some others, Tony Gonzalez, Gates in San Diego. There have been some really good players at this position, but this dude just consistently getting open in the middle of the field. And when he's not open, catching the ball in traffic 
and with a nose for the marker and a nose for the goal line, Kelsey caught 14 passes. That's a postseason record for tight ends, 98 yards and two touchdowns. The Chiefs defense played uh, played better, but they only got to Trevor Lawrence twice. The Jaguars were successful on third down. Seven out of 13, average 7.6 yards per rush. Two turnovers, however. Nick Bolton recovered a fumble, and Jalen Watson had an interception of Lawrence. Jaguars go down 27 to 20. The Chiefs have got to tighten things up a little bit defensively, and they've got to hope Mahomes is ready to go this week if they are going to knock off the Bengals. Man, oh man, the way the Bengals played both sides of the ball yesterday, that is a real tough putt for the Chiefs hosting their fifth straight AFC championship game. By far the worst game in the divisional round was Philadelphia pounding the Giants 38-7. to I got drunk on what the Giants did against the Vikings. I admit that. I was warned of this Friday when I had Paul Charchian on from uh, my terrestrial show from guillotineleagues.com, KFAN Radio in Minneapolis. He said, man, Daniel Jones hasn't had these kind of games all season long. Look at the totals on his passing yards. He over-unders two and a quarter. He never gets the two and a quarter. He's going to have problems offensively against the Eagles, and that's what it was start to finish. The Giants' offense had no answers for that Philly front seven. Hassan Reddick was awesome. He disrupted Jones all day. He had a sack and a half. Josh Sweat also had a sack and a half. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox also getting to the quarterback. How about that? Linebackers and D-linemen making quarterbacks lives miserable. Take that, Bears fans. It'd be nice to have defensive linemen who linemen linemen who get pressure on the opposing quarterback, wouldn't it? That's what uh, that's what Philadelphia had going for it, man. Their defense was just great and the offense gets them out to a 28 to nothing lead early. Jalen Hurts looked so much more comfortable than he did in week 18. A very efficient 16 out of 24 for 154 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He ran nine times for 34 yards. He was sacked only once. Kenneth Gainwell. That's a great running back name, isn't it? Gainwell. Get it? And Miles Sanders combined to get the job done out of the Philadelphia backfield. They were really, really good. Everything they did uh, was very, very efficient. Philly had the ball for almost 36 minutes. The Eagles were 10 out of 14 on third down Saturday. Easy win over the Giants. I've been critical of Tony Romo since his first year in the broadcast booth. And while I have agreed with people who suggest, hey, it's nice to hear somebody who really likes to be there. He seems genuinely interested. He's having fun. That's true. I'd rather have a guy who acts like he wants to be there. I'm the same guy who pounded the shit out of Al Michaels last week for his terrible effort in the Jaguars win over the Chargers in the super wild card weekend. Enthusiasm goes a long way. Have fun. If you're having fun, your listeners 
Viewers will have fun. That makes sense. But study the game. Study the opponents. He made his niche early on by being able to predict the plays offenses were going to run. That's not something that makes him that different from a lot of other guys who played quarterback in the NFL for 10 years or more. I think if you give most really, you know, veteran quarterbacks, you let them look at a team's offensive tendencies and watch their previous three, four games, they're going to see formations and they're going to have a pretty good idea what's coming. That's just being smart. Uh, Quarterbacks have to be smart. That's that makes sense. Romo would be able to do that. Defensive coordinators can look at an offense and say, "Ah, I think they're going to do this here. Look at that. They got four on this side. They're overloaded here. This is where the ball's going. That's what they do for a living. Now, why don't more of them do it? You say, I don't know. Is that what really, is that what makes a guy a great analyst predicting the outcome of a play? Steve Stone in baseball, Tony Romo predicting the jet sweep, predicting what they're going to do out of shotgun on third down because he's been watching. That, that, to me, that you got to do a lot more than that. You've got to be entertaining, but you also have to tell some interesting backstories. You have to know a little bit about a variety of guys in the game, not just the biggest stars. No more than Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Know the names of the three offensive linemen who are starting in place of the regulars. Romo mentioned one of them by name, and he forgot Max Sharping's first name. He just said Sharping there. Sharping there. Is that his name, Sharping there? Doesn't tell me. It's Max Sharping. Now, I I took off a few minutes before the half to go pick up a delicious burrito for my halftime enjoyment, and Ian Eagle on Westwood One Radio is telling me who these guys are. He's mentioning Jackson Carmen and Hakeem Adenije. And Max Sharping, he's giving me their lineup up and down and even giving offensive line coach Frank Pollock, no relation to Kevin Pollock, credit for what he did to get his guys ready. Romo should have had that. He didn't. He didn't know any of those guys by names. And it sure sounded like he and Nance were the Buffalo home radio crew in a game in August, when that thing was getting away from the Bills near the end, R- Romo is, is is babbling about about legacies and the future of the position in the AFC, the quarterback position with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow so young, and you throw in Herbert in LA. That's not the time for that. It's not the time for that. Give the guys who pulled it up and, you know, tightened up their, 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 their bootstraps and, and got to work and did it on the road in the snow against a defense that was pretty widely respected this year. Romo was talking about how offensive linemen don't really have that sense of that, that fear factor when backup offensive linemen are asked to block in a meaningful game because they're they're just as big as the guys who play in front of him. And he's trying to demonstrate how big the Bengals' offensive line is tackle to tackle. So he grabs his telestrator pen and draws a circle in the interior. Didn't do any work. 
didn't actually do the heights and weights and see what the difference was between the first group and this group that went Sunday with three newbies, Carmen Sharping and Adenage. Those are names Tony doesn't know. He didn't know it was Trey Hendrickson of the Bengals who blew up a play early in the game. First quarter, I think it was the first series of the game, might have been the second one for the Bills. When there's the, the the pocket collapses and there's a big scrum in the middle and he says, boy, somebody in there is giving good effort. That's somebody's Trey Hendrickson. He's pretty good. To my surprise, there was a lot of agreement with me on social media, more specifically Facebook, because I'm finding that to be a better place to be, whether you're talking about football, rock and roll, or or dogs, it's just, and I don't talk about dogs, but Facebook is just more genteel. I enjoy going there, but I didn't get as much out of Romo as I wanted to. It's It seems like people have caught on to what I found to be evident right out of the gate with him. He was able to rely on his silliness. He was able to rely on his enthusiasm. He's likable. That's great. I like him. I, I, I don't like him being the network's number one analyst if he's not going to work harder at it. We only got one more day with Tony Romo. The Fox crew of Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson will give us the descriptions of Super Bowl 57 in a little less than three weeks. This this announce, announcing depth that exists today is really, really bad. I don't remember crews as limp as some of the guys who are lining up and lining up guys who are wearing the headphones every week, that crew of Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez is awful. James Lofton shouldn't be doing games anymore. He hasn't had an interesting thought in a decade. If he has, he hasn't shared it with his television audience or his radio audience. And Greg Olson, for a second-year guy, has done really, really well. He, you know, he he did the apprenticeship for one year. Fox was smart enough to work him in gradually. He started doing some studio things even at the end of his career as a player. But for him to be in this position calling a Super Bowl, and that's largely because Buck and Aikman, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, make the defection to ESPN. So that paves the way for Burkhart and Olsen to, to jump all the way up to, to number one. They are the number one team on Fox, and they will bring you Super Bowl 57. Who's it going to be? 49ers and Eagles will go first on championship Sunday. Today, Philadelphia is listed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 45-and-a-half. I'm taking the Niners. I'm not backing off. I'm going to stick with what I felt going into these playoffs. I'm taking the Niners and I'm taking the Bengals. The Bengals are a one point underdog in Kansas City. Total is 47 and a half. Joe Burrow has not lost to the Chiefs in his career. He's 3 and 0. He beat them this year. He's had their number. Patrick Mahomes uh, Mahomes is hobbled. I wouldn't bet a lot on it. I won't bet a lot on it, but I'm taking the Bengals. I am sticking with the Stripedies. Even with a healthy Mahomes, 
the way the Cincinnati defense shut down Buffalo in its own ballpark yesterday, why wouldn't I think they could do that to to the best who's who's been playing the game these last few years? Why wouldn't I think they can't do that to Mahomes? Kansas City might be a little bit more capable of of balancing the game, not necessarily a ton of rushing attempts, but using their versatile backs in the short passing game to neutralize some of that a little bit better than Buffalo. I've not been a fan of Devin Singletary or or James Cook yet this year. James Cook, just a first-year player, but he's got a ways to go. So I'm taking the Niners. And I'm taking the Bengals. Give me the road dogs this week. It's going to be a fun week. I look forward to doing this again on Thursday with you. Please tell your friends about the Danny Mac podcast. Uh, And I am going to jump in the mailbag later this week. You can reach out to me on Facebook if you have any questions or comments about content you've heard on the podcast. Or you can do so on Twitter at Danny Mac Show. Adam Delavitt, Baby Capone is the boss at the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sam Michael, Mr. Chief, is my executive producer. I'm back Thursday with more on Championship Sunday and Bears developments if we have any this week. Have a great week. Enjoy yourselves. Have fun. Be safe. Be smart. I'm Danny Mack. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mack Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 